in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 40th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great today, Cameron. How about you? I, I'm, not, I'm not doing the best. I just want to come out with it right from the beginning here. Um, for all the fans of this podcast, all the listeners, we're losing, we're losing a friend today, we're losing a loved one. Um, producer Cameron is going to be leaving us. He's going to be producing the Nebraska sports podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, but no, really, he is uh, moving to Argentina to work with underprivileged children. Oh <laughs> and also, that's a lie as well. We're not really sure what he's doing, but, but he's got uh, better things to do. Got better things to do to listen to us talk about uh, Missouri. So um, he did an excellent job producing this, editing it for us. But now I have to learn how, and hopefully we'll know that. Skip a beat. <laughs> Yes, thank you very much, Producer Cameron. Do you have any uh, words you need to say to the people? You may be returning to us at some point down the road. Do you have any any words for the for the folks? Um, I have grown to like Mizzou quite a bit, actually. It's been fun. That's great to hear. That's very meaningful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure everybody will appreciate the, that sentiment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We've got a lot of news to talk about. So we need you guys to focus up here. Um, the coaching carousel has uh, slowed, and I think it's it's done. Everybody has boarded the carousel, um, and they're riding on those little horses. For so, SEC or for, for the SEC? Okay, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Um, since we last spoke, Arkansas has a new head coach. That is, his first name is Eric. Muscleman. Yes. I wasn't sure if it was Eric. Eric Musselman, he was the, uh, previously was a coach at Nevada, very successful uh, tenure there. Only coached four seasons at Nevada, but uh, went to the NCAA tournament three times, um, twice as a seven seed, and he did go to the Sweet 16 last season. So uh, tough to say if that's necessarily an upgrade right off the bat, but obviously they wanted uh, to change things up um, at Arkansas. So Yeah. Um- yeah, don't blame them for uh, wanting to change at Arkansas. They just had a like a ton of mediocre seasons. Yeah, and seemed just, kind of stuck in a rut. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Musselman is definitely a, an experienced coach. He's spent some time in the NBA. Uh, like you said, spent some time in at Nevada. Had had a lot of success there. He's a. <clears throat> I don't really know uh, if some of the guys that w- were successful there the past couple of years were highly recruited coming in, or if they just kind of you know overperformed i don't really know what what the recipe was over there but definitely uh, had some good teams at nevada um and and i think uh he was probably knew he might jump ship after this year because uh, he was losing a lot of talent um so good upgrade for him yeah his uh top three minutes guys from this season were all seniors so they were they're probably looking at taking a, a step backwards mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it seems like and his name was kind of thrown around um uh, when Missouri was looking for a coach, he, his name was on some people's lists as yeah. people that, as someone that should be kind of yeah checked into. Kind of been an up and comer for a couple of years now. So uh, we'll see what how that uh, turns out for Arkansas. But um, seems like I mean at first glance it seems like a solid hire. Yeah. 
uh, Vanderbilt, a much more um, questionable hire, perhaps. Uh, they hired Jerry Stackhouse, uh, former North Carolina Tar Heel player, and then a uh, nice career in the NBA. Um, he has no head coaching experience, but he was an assistant at the in the NBA with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so no head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of wild. Yeah, but. you don't normally see uh, no head coaching experience from, go from that to uh, a Power 5 job. Yeah, at least Kim Anderson had coached uh, Division 2. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always interesting whenever you got a guy just coming right into the Division 1 coaching scene who doesn't have a lot of prior experience. Uh, I think the first concern is does he have the recruiting connections? And obviously this is maybe a little bit different scenario than obviously a Kim Anderson uh, because he has probably connections with maybe more talented players. But, yeah. Well, um, and, and he will – something that's kind of powerful in recruiting, I think, is just being able to say that you've been there. You know, he's played, played in the NBA, coached in the NBA. So Yeah, so uh, I definitely – raise an eyebrow maybe at this hire I probably wouldn't have been my first choice if I was Vanderbilt uh, but I am not making those decisions for Vanderbilt right. so did we talk last week about uh, the some of the Twitter reaction to the speculation um, I know I I can't remember if it was on air or not but I said that uh, I saw some Vanderbilt fans complaining that maybe Jerry Stackhouse would just use them as a stepping stone to the North Carolina job. Oh, yeah, I think you may mention. <laughs> and it's like, uh, if that happens, if he performs well enough at Vanderbilt to succeed uh, Roy Williams at North Carolina, then I think he did a good He'll job at Vanderbilt. He'll be doing just fine, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's only 44 years old, so... I think, uh, personally, I know this is maybe a weird time to say this, but I think I still would probably rather have Bryce Drew than Jerry Stackhouse, but... Uh, that might be a hot take considering they just went 0-19 in the SEC. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, for a team to be that bad or for their record to be that bad, I don't know. It's I think it's more of a fluke than yeah. anything that happened in the SEC this season. Definitely. Um, it was highly speculated that Buzz Williams was going to be the next coach at Texas A&M, and that did come to fruition. Um, they hired him right uh, on the heels of him getting bounced out of the tournament with uh, Virginia Tech. So that, uh, again, is looking like probably a pretty solid hire for them. Yeah, uh, definitely a great hire, at least seemingly so right now. Um, He's, like we talked about a little bit last week, he's been successful everywhere he's been. Super just, I don't know, just seems like he's always got tough teams that play good defense and so Texas A&M is a great program. They've got a lot of access to players and and uh, recruits and they have a ton of money to get behind for resources and stuff like that so uh, he's going to be in a good position to succeed I think there and I'm pretty sure uh, Alabama had already hired Nate Oates last week so we got to talk about that a little bit but um, something that was more recent was the potential for Rick Barnes to maybe leave Tennessee and take the UCLA job apparently UCLA made him a legitimate offer and for ten, a lot of money yeah and tennessee came back and gave him an offer of their own a lot of money and he decided that he is going to stay at tennessee yeah so a lot of people on twitter were talking about how that's two sec coaches now who have used the ucla job to get raises <laughs> so at, hilarious. And stayed where they were it's so funny i mean ucla is one of the most storied programs in basketball and it's they've almost just been kind of 
made a, a joke than yeah. this coaching search. I mean, they've they've had an opening for longer than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They've got more money than probably anybody else, and they can't seem to get a deal done with anyone they want. Well, they ha- they just they haven't been making the best offers. I mean, they've been making good offers financially, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but um, the schools. I mean, with uh, Coach Cal at Kentucky, and now with Rick Barnes. Their current schools just stepped up and said, "No, we'll, we got you. We'll pay you, yeah, what you want." And I mean, it seems like UCLA. I saw some of their fans online were kind of saying, "Like, why aren't you just making them an offer they can't refuse?" I mean, the fans are assuming that they have that capability, and that's the exact reason right there that it, that job may not be as attractive as you might have, as right. you might think. The money may not be enough to deal with that kind of fan base that ex- that thinks they can do whatever they want. Right. So, um, I don't know. It, if I'm Rick Barnes, it's interesting to think what Tennessee might be next year uh, with losing probably Jordan Bone, definitely Admiral Schofield, and potentially Grant Williams. But uh, I don't know. I can't blame him for staying. Yeah. I mean, you got a good thing going there. But, I mean, it's it's tempting. I mean, UCLA is a storied program, you know one of the blue bloods and they actually did hire somebody uh, earlier today they I almost said they settled for it kind of seems like what they did um, they hired Mick Cronin from Cincinnati who is his name has been attached to a lot of different job openings over the years because he's been at Cincinnati since 2006 so his name has been tossed around plenty over the last few years he's been to the NCAA tournament uh, the last eight seasons um so eight seasons in a row and he's i believe he's still under 50 years old i'll have to double check on that though yeah i think so yeah he's been really successful at cincinnati and but i still agree with you that it kind of seems like ucla may have settled a little bit um i think they may even feel that way because mick cronin was pretty much making himself available for that job. His name was basically 100% like Mick Cronin is, is attached to this job, but if we can get somebody better, we're going to pick them, but mm-hmm. if we can't, I think Mick Cronin was 100% always kind of plan B, plan C, whatever for right. them. Right. Uh, yeah, he's only 47 years old, so he could, if things go well at UCLA, he could be there for a really long time, um, but... It's kind of one of those eclectic personalities like he could be really successful or he could totally fall on his face i think he just seems like a interesting guy yeah i mean he he's been really successful at cincinnati yeah i mean last year they probably were disappointing to a lot of cincinnati fans because they were one of the top teams in the country all they were season. A two seed last yeah, year. Yeah, they maybe. were two seed and um, only won one game in, in the NCAA tournament. They were the number four team in the country in Kempom. This so, year? No, this, last, last okay. year. Gotcha. This year they were seven seed. and uh, That was a dumb question of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the details of the, it was a six year, $24 million contract which is considerably lower than what they offered um, Calipari. So, um, Some more SEC uh, basketball news. Brian Tyree of Ole Miss is going to sort of test the waters of the NBA draft. He's going to go through the process, um, get some feedback, and then decide what he wants to do. Um, really good scoring guard for Ole Miss and... 
as a Mizzou fan, I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, move on to the next level, but I, I don't know if that's maybe in his best interest if he's kind of one of those fringe draftees Mm -hmm. um maybe a two-way deal in the g league but um he definitely if he performs well in the testing and um all that stuff i could see him getting drafted Mm -hmm. and then jared harper of auburn is 100 percent uh declaring for the nba draft and he announced via twitter that he will forgo his senior season at auburn so he's going to stay in the draft. Gotcha. Has he signed the agent? Okay, hire an agent. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was that's a little bit surprising to me. Um, obviously, he was really successful this year, but uh, and I don't know. I don't want to judge guys completely off of their like body type and all that stuff. But I mean, he's pretty he's a pretty small guy. Um, I think he's it might be a challenge for him to be successful in the NBA. Um, but he's, but like I said, he's had a successful season, so might as well try to uh, ride that success into the draft. Maybe maybe he might get drafted. I don't know. Yeah, he's listed at just 5'11". Um, but what, what people remember, at least what I remember most recently, is him getting to the basket um, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. When they needed a bucket, he when they were trying to get to the Final Four, and he was just knifing through the defense and getting to the bucket. And they just couldn't really stop him. So I just remember being really impressed with him there. And he's just a really good scorer. I mean, one of the better offensive ratings this year in the SEC. Really efficient. Um, He could fill it up with not that many shots. And, I mean, he had a decent assist rate, too. I mean, he was one of the better assist guys um, in the SEC. So um, if he can show that he's like a true point guard a really good scoring point guard at the next level he probably has a decent shot uh getting back to mizzou uh jordan geist we talked about him participating in uh the national three-on-three uh tournament presented by dos Equis, um and with a team of other sec um, players that had exhausted their college eligibility um, I was keeping up with it a little bit. I, I, the timing wasn't right for me to catch any of the SEC games live, um, but I was watching some highlights, and Jordan Geist and the SEC team went 3-0 and in pool play, got seeded into the bracket, and then lost their very first game in bracket play. So they didn't make it very far, but um, there were some cool Jordan Geist highlights um, going around on Twitter, so that was kind of fun to see. I saw the uh, the classic pump fake a couple of times. Yeah, pump fake for a three-pointer. Yeah, he was just money with that move. Uh, I think he still might have won some money uh, yeah. or something. They, I don't... Got, they got some money each time they won a okay. game. But Do you know who they lost to in the first round? I don't know. I figured you probably would have said that if you knew it, so <laughs> that was, that was uh, not nice of me to ask you that, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, that was cool. That was cool. That's definitely a good opportunity for him, and uh, wish him the best in his pro endeavors. So the question is, um, will we see uh, Reed Nico represent Missouri for the third year in a row? Have somebody from Missouri play in that tournament next year? Specifically him. Well, he. I mean, one hundred percent. Yes. He's the only one that. I mean, he's the only graduating senior. I believe next year is that right uh i shouldn't have said that i'm forgetting somebody really important probably we'll go with yes I th- yeah i think uh i don't know yeah he's i think so he and ronnie suggs were the only juniors listed on on the on ken palm for this season 
So, but he's, I mean, maybe he could Never be know. a candidate for the three on three. I'd like to see a uh, Ryan Rosberg, like senior year, Ryan Rosberg like explosion from uh, Reed Nico into his senior year. You know, we might need to bring uh, Kim Anderson on staff to make that happen. That would be the worst nightmare <laughs> of my life. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But yes, I would love to see that kind of uh, surprise senior year, even if it was just for eight games like it was for Rosberg. Um, we have a little bit of transfer news. Luckily, not away from Missouri. Um I'm told the university is pronounced Duquesne, and the gentleman's name is Eric Williams, who is transferring from Duquesne, and according to Rockham Nation, he plans to visit Missouri, and they are very much in the mix for his recruitment, his second recruitment. He's a 6'6 wing and uh, shot the ball pretty well this past season, Um, has a prototypical sort of like three-man body, 6'6", but he's pretty skinny. Um, Probably could put some work in the weight room. He is going to have to sit out a season, so he'll sit one and then have two seasons to play wherever he ends up going. Yeah, I saw that he had a pretty nice list of of teams that that were after him, but he does have intentions to visit Missouri, so it sounds like we're one of his uh, top destinations at this point. Um, But I I think he averaged maybe 15 points or so as a sophomore, so definitely a guy that can score at least at the like mid-tier division one level Mm -hmm. so yeah he did he used a lot of possessions for them last year he played uh he was their top minute guy he played in 76 percent of the of his available minutes with an offense offensive rating of 110 um so pretty pretty good numbers there Mm -hmm. um didn't turn the ball over very much Uh, wasn't a great rebounder but uh looks like he can shoot the ball pretty well at uh, with high volume it's kind of an interesting trend at this point I feel like maybe it's, it's been like this for the past couple of years but it would be an interesting thing to be a fan of a middle like a, a mid-major team I guess I'm I'm kind of a Missouri State follower so but we haven't really had this this uh, <laughs> thing happen to us recently but um, that's pretty much the trend is, is if you're the best player a uh, productive scorer you know high minutes guy on a mid-major team you pretty much just look for a higher opportunity because those guys are just getting better opportunities every single year left and right. Yeah. Um, kind of like, kinda like the, yeah. I mean, guys, you see it both in guys that have two years of eligibility left and obviously graduate, transfer. graduate transfers. Yeah, it's pretty rare to see guys at the at the mid, uh, mid-level teams kind of play four years, especially if they're good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, I mean, it's just kind of like coaching on that level too. I mean, those are kind of just stepping stone, stepping stone schools. Um, if you're S- stepping stones are good too. Skipping stone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's an interesting trend, but it, it might it'd be tough to, to be a, a diehard fan of a team on that level. Cause you'd probably see your best players leave all the time. Speaking of coaches leaving from mid-major schools, um, here in Springfield, the Missouri State women's coach uh, has accepted the job to become the new Tennessee Lady Vols head coach, which we were just talking about before we started recording, is arguably the best, I mean, the number one destination uh, in women's college basketball. Yeah, as far as a like holistic uh, history standpoint goes, Tennessee is pretty tough to beat. I know UConn is... 
a powerhouse as well, but it's pretty much from all like one coach as far as I'm right. concerned. So, and I mean, you got teams like Baylor who just won the national championship. Um, uh, Mississippi State has been really good in recent years, but I don't think any program really rivals Tennessee as far as just yeah, like the just as a program, they are basically number one. Maybe one A, one B with them in UConn. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me her name Kelly Harper yes she played at uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. and won uh, producer Cameron was telling us before well, three national titles three national championships in her days in a, yeah there. in a row only three out of four though yeah so yeah, they probably could have got somebody better but yeah um, she led uh, Missouri State women to the sweet 16 this mm-hmm. year which is pretty rare for like it's, it's pretty rare for an 11 seed in the women's tournament to make it that far yeah that's that was pretty and outstanding they, i watched some of their game against stanford um when they finally lost and they put up a good fight there as well yeah but you talk about like a just perfect timing for i mean obviously the lady vols had a down year the fans were pretty upset with their current coaching staff things were not how they wanted it to be and then here's a, an alum who won national titles and now is leading missouri state of all teams to a deep run I mean, for Missouri State standards, that's a pretty decent run um, in March as an 11 seed, and it's just like, well, this was probably just meant to be. Yeah, that's about as perfect as it gets, so I don't think anybody was surprised by that, and there's no one in the world that could blame her for, for, uh, for leaving. Right. A um, little bit more news. We'll switch over to Mizzou football because it's almost football season again. <laughs> <laughs> the Mizzou spring game is this Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, we will get to see Kelly Bryant play for the first time. Yeah, Mizzou I'm, ex- uniform. I'm definitely excited to see Kelly Bryant. I don't know how many uh, like possessions or series he's going to get. Uh, but maybe he'll play the first. I don't. Do they even do quarters in the spring game? I'm not sure. I don't know. But he'll probably have at least two or three uh, drives. So that'd be cool to see him. It'd just be cool to see him in action. I know we've just been talking about him for so long. So. Yeah, and it's uh, another good reason to have the SEC network. So all the spring games of SEC teams are televised. So we mm-hmm. get to watch that. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's always weird when it's football in april but it does it's almost like the perfect time because college basketball season just ended and there's not a whole lot going on and you just get this little glimpse of the future you get to see a little bit of what's to come in the upcoming season it's always exciting yeah um the spring game is as far as like as far as using it as a way to judge how good they're going to be it's pretty much the most meaningless thing ever but it's still good to you know see the players out there in action, and um, it seems it's a little bit weird to see how small the roster is because the new freshmen haven't really made their way into campus right. yet. So you're like, these are the only these are the only guys you got. <laughs> it's always like it seems like a little bit a little bit interesting, but it's kind of the first chance for the new guys to kind of step up. We, every single year, you kind of you have to say goodbye to, to the senior leaders or whatever of the, of the previous year. This is the the first glimpse that we get to see of the new the new era the new the new guys that are going to step up. Yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in for that. Um, speaking of college basketball season coming to an end, uh, I don't know if either of you guys noticed, but uh, Virginia won the national championship last night. I noticed. I'm going to be completely honest with everyone. It, 
started way too late for me. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that too. The game started, the game started, started at eight twenty or <laughs> yeah. something. Like what on earth? So I didn't watch very much of it. I I was struggling to stay awake like in the second half. Um, but apparently there was some fireworks. Um, it ended up going into overtime. Yeah, I ended up watching the whole thing, and it, it was a great game. I, there was definitely several points in the game where I thought it was over. Uh, really, the whole second half, it just kind of seemed like Virginia was... Well, really the whole game, it just seemed like the Virginia was in control. Uh, there was a few moments where Texas Tech would come back and make it interesting, and the Virginia would pull away. Um, but that, that happened to be two or three times. But uh, Texas Tech definitely came back and made it a game at the end, probably the last three or four minutes. Um, was super close, had no idea who was going to win. And even probably with a minute to go or less, I definitely thought Texas Tech was going to pull it out. Wow. So Virginia just kind of did that this whole tournament where they would just pull a rabbit out of their hat like in the last minute or so of the game. They just kept surviving somehow, um, whether it be on controversial calls or just making plays when Mm -hmm. they needed to. But that was kind of a microcosm of their whole tournament. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, obviously now we've been seeing all the uh, comparisons between last year and they're seeing pictures of them walking off the court after being upset by a 16 seed, the first yeah. one seed to ever have that happen to them. Yeah, what a turnaround. And now this year to win the whole thing. And seeing those pictures side by side is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And especially everybody's been talking about Kyle Guy and just he, he has had a, an incredible NCAA tournament. And he was front and center in both the pictures where it was just him with his um, head in his hands, obviously so upset last year. And then this year, like literally jumping for joy um, after they won, after they clinched it. So um, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't bring that up just to celebrate Virginia. Um, I don't know if you realize, but I actually chose Virginia to win the whole thing. Uh, in my tournament challenge bracket. You did? I did. And um, it actually, after after Virginia made the championship game, it clinched it for me. And First place. So I was first place in the Missouri Sports Podcast bracket challenge group, tournament challenge on ESPN. And <laughs> um, I'll be honest, this when the tournament started, the bracket that I submitted for this group First of all, it was the first one that I filled out, and I absolutely hated it. I It didn't do incredibly well in the first round. It was not one of my better first round um, brackets. And as it kept going, I noticed, you know, well, I'm not losing very many teams from like the Elite Eight or the Final Four. And had an opportunity to have three out of four uh, Final Four teams, but uh, Duke, choked for me against uh, Michigan State. So there were still questions. Um, there was one uh, bracket that was in the lead, um, but they needed Michigan State, I think, and they definitely needed Virginia to lose. And Virginia just kept on winning. And because I picked them to win the whole thing, it sealed the deal for me. We did mention before the tournament started that Virginia would probably be a great value pick because of what happened last year. Everyone had PTSD. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they've never really, Tony Bennett has never really done that before. So uh, it was a great value pick. It worked out for you. And did anyone else in the whole group pick Virginia? They did. Oh, there okay. was a few others that did. Okay. But that, that was a great job by you, Cameron. And Thank you. we're really proud of you. Thank you and very much. what are you going to do with the winnings? Well, um, I'm definitely going to take a shirt 
and <laughs> I'm going to wear it. I mean, you deserve it. Yeah, obviously. You're going to wear it. That's good. Um, we will try to come up with another way for you guys to win a shirt, but I mean, I guess I might just have to sit out of the next competition or whatever we yeah. do. I wish we could have gotten somebody that looked better in, in it than you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, we it's advertisement for our podcast, so I mean... Okay. Kind of needed like somebody attractive. I got you. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're a nice, attractive man. Thank you. And we're very happy for you. And uh, go Virginia. And you know what? Everyone talks about Kyle Guy, but my favorite Virginia player is Ty Jerome. And because he is super crafty, and I felt like he Kyle Guy gets all the all the recognition I feel like and, I mean Kyle Gauss he's a great player definitely don't get me wrong um, but Ty Jerome's kind of the glue guy that keeps everybody together and I would love for Drew Smith to be the Ty Jerome of next year's Mizzou basketball team because I think that I think even um, through analytics and stuff I feel like they compare pretty well just kind of smart players um, get the whole team involved make the the clutch shots so um, I was definitely impressed by him um, in this tournament, but yeah, I mean, if you look at this Virginia team, DeAndre Hunter is another guy that was just—he's mm-hmm. just a fantastic player. I mean, he shoots uh, almost forty-four percent from three and fifty-five percent from two, and he's a six-seven. He's got the best offensive rating on a team. Yeah, he'll probably be a lottery pick in the NBA draft, and. Um, for Texas Tech, Jared Culver, also probably going to be a lottery pick. So it sure helps to have those guys. And I think they're both sophomores. I know Hunter's a sophomore. I think Culver's a sophomore as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to have those special, very special players. And I, I mean, even uh, Jerome. And great coaches. <laughs> yeah, Jerome and Kyle Guy, they're special in their own right. But they, they're still not the the pro prospect that DeAndre Hunter is. Right. I think what's just stands out so much about these two teams is not, I mean, they're really well coached, but the players have completely bought into what the coach is trying to do. The offense and defenses they're trying to run. And it was, it was an interesting matchup because both these teams were like the best two defensive teams in mm-hmm. the country. Yep. And it seemed like it was almost going to come down to who could, you know, just outlast the other one who could just find enough offense to win. Mm-hmm. At least that's what everybody thought the game was going to, come down to and that's what the first half was but everybody kind of loosened up the second half and shots were falling for for everybody in the second half and ended up being a higher scoring game than than i think most people thought yeah especially with the overtime i know like on the bracket challenge it has you put in what your predicted final score is and anybody that had virginia winning they did not have them scoring 85 points in the game yeah i'm but pretty sure the of course over, you can't predict over overtime. under was like 118 or something yeah. <laughs> really really low and then they it ended up being probably like 150 or something that. higher yeah. yeah i wish i could have watched more of that game but man it started so late i, I, on don't, a school I night. honestly on a school night i it's it's irredeemable honestly i don't, <laughs> I don't know who's making those decisions well might be kind of a, a quick podcast this week. We don't uh, we didn't have a, a ton of Mizzou news. Um, I didn't want to talk too long about me being the champion of the uh, tournament challenge uh, Missouri Sports Podcast group. Um, you could have gone longer. I could have. Yeah. But you know I'm trying to be modest about it. Yeah. So. That's nice. Um, we're kind of uh, 
toying around with how we're going to do things schedule wise for the podcast. Um, we're definitely going to uh, be back in to record next week and talk about the spring game because it's the first football we've had in a while and it's the only football we're going to have for quite a while. So um, after that, we may look at going every other week um, since this is just kind of a slower season, let the news build up a little bit more. Um, we will have some more uh, conversation about uh, SEC players declaring for the draft, things like that, and um, more news coming out of spring uh, and summer football camps. Um, but other than that, I think that's all I have for everybody today. Are you sure you don't want to talk about your winnings anymore? I'm, I'm sure I, I've got it all out of my system. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I've got for the folks today. Um, you can find this podcast or any of our other podcasts on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or what's the app called? Apple, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Um, and you can tweet at us at Mizzou Sports Pod. And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. And we would love to, um, this time of year, obviously we're going to have to manufacture some content, but we're going to maybe talk about some of our Mizzou memories, maybe some Mizzou what-ifs. So if you have anything like that that you want to throw at us, uh, shoot us an email or send it to us on Twitter. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review if you could. That's always helpful. And tell your friends to... Uh, take a listen to what we've been talking about. Um, you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.